Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. They attached the highest importance to the taking of auspices and casting lots. Their usual procedure with the lot is simple. They cut off a branch from a nut-bearing tree and slice it into strips. These they mark with different signs and throw them at random onto a white cloth. Welcome to Speaking with Symbols, the 11th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is a description of Germanic divination as recorded by Tacitus near the end of the 1st century CE. You may call me Ode. And oddly enough, I'm Carr. I'm Ode's father. Merry meet. My name is Gwyn. I'm Ode's mother and very happy to be here today. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Gwyn, uh, as you may be aware, has been recovering from surgery, but she is feeling well enough today to record with us, so we are very excited to, to start this episode. <laughs> and the reason why we didn't record last week is Ode and I didn't feel like we could carry an episode on divination without uh-huh. Gwyn being here. So. Gwyn has a lot to contribute on this subject. Yeah, so we wanted to make sure that we got all of our ducks in a row. I do mm-hmm. have a little bit more experience, that's true. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> in my case, a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> so before we do anything else today, we want to thank our patrons. Uh, we have quite a few of you now. So the patrons who support us at the $5 level and up, our cats and hunters, are Aaron Moe, Kay Kremer, Stevie Thompson, Tally Kazoyle Thomason, and Charles Howison. Thank you all so much for your support. We love you guys. Oh, we yes. do. Yep. We absolutely love you. We love our kittens. Mm-hmm. We love our cats. We love our We hunters. love our listeners. And we right. love our listeners, all and a sundry. Uh-huh. And we've gotten tons in the last two oh weeks, my really. Mm-hmm. We've gotten so many comments from you guys. Yeah, you guys have been oh so gosh. good about engagement. We're yeah. so impressed. Yes. And I want to say a special thank you to the people who have, you know, sent out, you know, healing energy and mm-hmm. good wish- good wishes. And it really meant a lot to me. Car and, and Ode would read to me what you were saying, mm-hmm. especially after the surgery. And it was really, it really helped. Yep. So you guys have been great these last you couple have. of weeks, especially. It's been a real yeah. blessing. Thank mm-hmm. you for being patient with us as we, uh, mm-hmm. you know, had a little bit of stuff to go through. As but... we as we deal with these health problems, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hopefully, that's it. <laughs> it really, it really is kind of a health problem thing for the whole family. Even though Gwen was the only one who had to go through right. it physically, mm-hmm. I think emotionally we all had yeah. anxiety. Anxiety. <laughs> yeah. it. So yeah. very happy to report that. Everything went well. For anybody who doesn't know, she had cancer, the uterus, mm-hmm. and the good news is the pathology's come back. It's stage 1A, which means there are no real further issues, no need She doesn't for, need to go do radiation. You know, radiation or anything like that. Yep, so, the surgery got it all. Yep, yep. Yeah, so we're stoked about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, very positive outcome. Very yeah. positive. That yeah, means we can start moving forward with things. Mm-hmm. That's right. Which we're very excited to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is going to be a good episode, we think, mm-hmm. uh, especially because we've now over prepared for it. Because oh my gosh, we did all our night. prep. We did all our prep for last week, and then we didn't do the recording. And then last night, we three sat down and did a whole bunch. We all brought out all our divination techniques, and we did like a four-hour divination and we session. We didn't even get to all of them. No, right? yeah. yeah. So, so we are we are very excited. We're in a great place to do this episode. So, <laughs> yeah. The fun part for me was like yeah. it was my first ever. That's right. Yeah. Car has been so. Car's been really resistant to. He's had a couple of divination methods available to him for a while now, but he's been resistant to trying them because he wasn't comfortable enough with them, and he wanted to like do more research before he dug into him, but he mm-hmm. tried them last night, and his readings were really good, you guys. They were. Yeah, they were very good. He was very connected. I was very happy with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So we're we're very excited to get going for you. So uh, we're going to start with just defining what divination is, uh, mm-hmm. because I know we have a lot of listeners who are new to, to the process. So at a very basic level, divination is defined as the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural or occult systems. There are a lot of different forms of divination. Divination is like typically assigned to having uh, originated with the Etruscans. Yes. Yeah, which yeah. which we actually, uh, I found a, we use a Roku constantly. Uh-huh. We yeah. really don't have cable. We have internet. And so we do a ton of watching things on the Roku. Yep. And I typed in divination into the search bar yep. and it popped up and said, oh, well, there's a couple of things available on this great courses app. Uh-huh. That's too much money. <laughs> but we got a free 30-day but, but, yeah. trial. <laughs> but there's a free 30-day trial. So we we're like, dope, we're going to do that. Yep. So put it on the Roku. We started watching last night. And, and the very history. first one yeah. was a professor from the University of Miami whose name I cannot remember. No, me neither. But he talked about, you know, the Etruscans the were the ones who started this and, yep. and how it kind of then delved into the Celtic world and the Roman, and the Roman world. world. And yeah. so how, it, how, it how it spread and expanded yep. from but there. The Etruscans are really the ones who began yep. it. And it was a very systematic mm-hmm. uh, kind they, of process. They, took, they, they had auguries, which are divinations by the flights of birds and by signs in the sky, such as thunder and lightning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And haruspicy, which is divination by... Entrails. Uh, the entrails, entrails of sacrificial animals, and right. they would take, if I remember correctly, from the from the episode, they would for I think there were twelve tribes or eight tribes. There or were however, I think twelve Etruscan tribes. Twelve yeah. Etruscan yeah. tribes, and they would send six children mm-hmm. from each tribe to basically to be trained school. to be trained <laughs> yeah. at augury school yeah. to go back and then serve their tribe. I yeah. thought that was fascinating. Because uh, the Etruscan and later the Roman stance was that you could undertake no significant That's action right. yeah. for the state, for your personal homestead. Regardless, you could undertake no significant action without performing divinations to determine if it was approved by the gods. And Including there was, war. That's yep. right. And there was one story, one famous story, where the king ignored or, or yeah. the ruler ignored. The, it was a, it was a general. Yeah, it, was it was a general. general yep. He ignored what the augur said, who mm-hmm. said, no, do not go forward with right. this battle, and he did anyway. And Lost there was a everything. horrifying yeah. loss. And so he ended up... I, he was exiled. He was exiled. Yeah. For because, impiety. Yes. Yeah. Exiled for impiety and not listening to the augur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very interesting, because it was uh, feeding chickens. Is yeah. Right. They were doing it. <laughs> they, they were on the ships about to launch... The their attack, attack. attack yep. and yeah. the the auger scattered grain to the chickens, and the chickens refused to eat. And that was deemed a, uh, uh, a sign, sign that it was that this action not was appro- not approved. Not right, approved. Yeah. And then the general threw the chickens overboard. Uh-huh. Right, yeah, because if they and, weren't going to eat, they could drink. Uh-huh. Right, and so then they, he went forward the attack, and everything and, fell apart. And it went yeah. badly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's very, very interesting the history of mm-hmm. divination. Yep. So the Etruscans are, are sort of the origin of at least some of our the, the historical methods mm-hmm. of divination, most of which we don't use anymore. But there are a whole bunch of, of divination methods. Carr has found a list that I am now going to read to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a long title, uh-huh. but only in a list form. <laughs> right. So I won't go as fast as I, as I sometimes become when reading the long titles. But So we've got Aromancy, or the Divining by Air, Electromancy, Divining by cocks or poultry, alphitomancy by meal, flour, or bran, antinopomancy by the entrails of women and children, not recommended, arithmancy by numbers, 
Astrologomancy by Dice, Exinomancy by Saws, Botanomancy by Herbs, Capnomancy by Smoke, Caromancy by Melting of Wax, Catoxtromancy by Looking Glasses, Catabomancy by Vessels of Brass or Other Metal, Cephalonomancy by the Boiling of an Ass's Head, Cartomancy by Writing in Papers, Chiromancy by the Hands, Crystallomancy by Glasses, Claromancy by Lots, Cosinomancy by Sieves, Crithomancy by Crane or Corn, Dactylomancy by Rings, Demonomancy by the Suggestion of Evil Demons or Devils, Gastromancy by Sounds of or Signs upon the Belly, Geomancy by the Earth, Gyromancy by Rounds or Circles, Hydromancy by Water, Ichthyomancy by Fish, Idolomancy by Idols, Images or Figures, Lampadomancy by Candles or Lamps, <laughs> Lacanomancy by a Basin of Water, Lithomancy by Stones, Levanomancy by the Burning of Frankincense, Logarithmancy by Logarithms, Macromancy by Knives or Swords, Oinomancy by Wine, Omphilomancy by the Navel, Oniromancy by Dreams, Onomatomancy by Names, Onychomancy by the Nails, Ornithomancy by Birds, Potomancy by the Feet, Psychomancy by Men's Souls, Affections, Wills, Religious or Moral Dispositions, Pyromancy by Fire, Rhodomancy by the Stars, Schiomancy by Shadows, Spatelomancy by Skin, Bones or Excrement, Stereomancy by Diving by the Elements, Sternomancy from the Breast to the Belly, Psychomancy by Figs, Theomancy, quote, pretending to divine by the revelation of spirit or by the scriptures or word of God, theriomancy by beasts, tufromancy by ashes, and tyromancy by the coagulation of cheese. Was oomancy in there? No, it was no, not. Umancy is Umancy not in there. was not no. in there. No, that is this is not an exhaustive list. By eggs. No, but it's scary. But it's a pretty like, extensive yeah, very right, extensive. Yeah. And I've been reading about uh, scrying, mm-hmm. and so uh, there were a lot of cultures that scried either in bowls of water you know, when, right. when glass was created, blown glass, they started right. creating mirrors, polished stones, things like that. One of the, the things I, one of the reasons I wanted to, to bring up all these different kinds mm-hmm. of divination is that we had a question in the group mm-hmm. about what I'm calling the ravioli situation. <laughs> we did have kind of a lively discussion we about did. that yeah, question. Yeah. The, the ravioli situation is a post that was made on, it looks like maybe Tumblr, uh, where someone said, you know, why can't I do divinations just by slamming a can of Chef Boyardee on the ground and reading the signs in that? And then someone asked in the group, this is a good question, actually. Why do we use the... The established methods, the the or sort do you of have standard, to only right. use the standard methods. Uh, is is that just one. habit, is that... or is there a good reason for it? Uh, and I have a lot of thoughts about this, as it turns out. First of all, in the same way that all of our lore was originally unverified personal gnosis, so were all of our time worn divination methods of today originally newfangled concepts like tarot and. And Many started out as games. Yeah, yeah. So, so all of the the divinations we method, the divination methods we use now were originally new ideas. And if you have, especially if you have an arrangement with a spirit that you divine with regularly, and you can ask that spirit, you know, hey, do me a solid, drop some knowledge into this ravioli. There are probably easier ways to go about that, but it's not impossible. I'm not going to say you can't do some divination by ravioli if you are a skilled diviner. But or a skilled raviolist, a skilled raviolist, <laughs> ra- raviolomancer. Right. But there are reasons that we have these standard tools have become standard and have been right. passed down. Right. right. They're they're known. They are 
reliable-ish, as reliable as any divination is. They've been proven enough to people to consider them Mm -hmm. a reliable source. And they draw on a lot of human practice and experimentation Mm -hmm. over the course, in some cases, of centuries. Mm -hmm. So we've built up these knowledge bases Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of divination tools, especially modern divination tools, have sort of two levels of interactability with the human diviner. One is inherent correspondence, and one is symbolic resonance. Inherent correspondence is like when you cast with bones, you may find it easier to divine with an ancestor or with the spirit of whatever once lived in those bones, because the dead find it easier to touch those things. Mm -hmm. They have correspondences to bones. Using tools that has a correspondence to either the subject you're asking about or the spirit you're communicating with, that increases your signal clarity. Symbolic resonance is things like tarot cards and tea leaf imagery, where those symbols, which have been ingrained in your mind, either by practice or just by latent cultural absorption, Mm -hmm. that allows your brain to translate very large format information into a bite-sized chunk that the interpreter can unpack. Not unlike with umancy exactly. or anything that, or dream uh, divination, mm-hmm. you know, anything that requires that. It really does kind of come from the collective unconscious. Those symbols have meaning. Yep. Right. And there are some divination tools that are specifically tuned to very specific spirits or mm-hmm. energies. Mm-hmm. For example, I believe the runes are very specifically tuned for talking with or through the spirits of the runes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you could connect with those spirits with a can of ravioli mm-hmm. or with anything other than the runes. I don't think you could connect with those spirits through tarot cards either. Now, that being said, I think, you know, because if you wanted to use ravioli instead mm-hmm. of tea leaves or or um, the umancy instead of the boiling of an egg, you could conceivably use the same type of imagery that would show up in those types of umancy, you know. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can't use it. Right. But But should you? There are reasons to use the the tools we already have and are familiar with. And part of it... One of those one of those reasons, just aside from the practical stuff, to an extent, this is because I take myself and my mm-hmm. practice Very maybe seriously. a little too seriously sometimes. <laughs> That's the thing I struggle with, and I acknowledge it. But I think you should approach divination, even when you're doing it spontaneously, with mindfulness and respect. And can you do that with mm-hmm. a can, with of, a can ravioli? of ravioli? And mm-hmm. if you can, congratulations, but I don't think I could. I think especially how it was explained on the group was, can't I just take a can of Chef Boyardee, slam it on the ground, yeah. and read that? Yeah. So I think that's different than mm-hmm. put, putting the ravioli in a bowl right. and, and centering yourself and, and getting your... Cleansing the ravioli. So that's what we're saying is that there is a, there is a, a process and an attitude mm-hmm. that comes with performing divination it is not just a haphazard kind of thing and it's not just a game although a lot of people can treat it that way and we ourselves last night discovered that can happen we can go into that later and that can honestly kind of piss off whoever it is or whatever connection you're making to perform the divination Callie just said it would have to be really good ravioli so (laughs) right chef would would, work it'd have to be homemade ravioli (laughs) that you yeah yeah i 
absolutely, actually, if you really wanted to go that route. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, like, it's not like you can't ever get sassy or like disrespectful answers from your allies when you're when you're doing divination. You sure can. Oh my! God, I get yeah. sass out of my deck all the damn time. We certainly got sass. Sauce- 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 <laughs> yeah, the ravioli. <laughs> we got sass out of my pendulum last uh-huh. night. So. But if you don't build relationships with your allies yeah. or the spirits of your tools, then you can't expect honest answers. That's right. And I think it's going to be hard to do that with a can of ravioli. It's going to be hard to calibrate a method like that mm-hmm. because unless you're prepared to waste a whole bunch of ravioli, right? It's going to be hard to to do your 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 assessments and and yeah. like discover what the method how that method reads. Right. And I think it was kind of a a, a question that was done really tongue in cheek. Right. But we're we're taking it very seriously mm-hmm. because right. we take our divination seriously, and it's like, could you do this? No, I do. Yeah. I, I do have but some suggestions. you? Right. I, should you is That's the question. That's the yeah. ultimate answer. <laughs> Can you? Yes. Should, should you? you? Maybe not. Maybe not. But I do have some suggestions for on-the-fly spontaneous divination that are a little less frivolous, maybe, than, than the uh, ravioli situation feels to me. You can use a handful of rocks in gravity, where you select a handful of rocks, you designate each rock to your spirits or allies, to yourself, to the world, uh, as having a specific meaning. You you assign significators, and then you drop them and see where they fall. Yep. Right. Uh, you can like casting lots. Exactly. Right. You can do the same thing with sticks or leaves or flower petals. That's a great way to, to connect with your local land spirits mm-hmm. and yep. get answers from them. Mm-hmm. You can pour a bottle of water out on asphalt and scry in the, the rainbow reflections of the oil mm-hmm. to connect with mm-hmm. city spirits. Mm-hmm. You can scry in a turned off TV screen or the black of your phone mm-hmm. or coffee anything that you haven't that put any shiny, milk into. Anything that has a surface that you can gaze into mm-hmm. that you don't see your own reflection. Yep. Yeah. Find an anthill, don't disturb it, and learn to divine by their marching. Mm-hmm. Shuffle Mancy on your phone at the bus stop. There are things you can do spontaneously mm-hmm. without, you know, that as long as you approach it mindfully and mm-hmm. with respect, I think you'll have success at. And I think the thing to remember, too, is that divination, it really is connecting with some kind Something. of spirit. Right. I, and that whether can be it's your yourself, own higher spirit or, or spirits or outside the local of yourself, the local or spirits, or your ancestors. Yep. Yep. You know, any of, those, any of those spirits can be connected. And I think that is why it needs to be respected and approached with respect. Mm-hmm. Rather than kind of a frivolous, joking kind yeah. of manner. With a, Which a, I with think, a casual attitude. And I think yep. that's why people who attempt, you know, spirit boards and mm-hmm. kind of a, or even the pendulum in kind of a joking manner can sometimes open themselves up to some to unexpected, unexpected interactions, interactions right. that mm-hmm. give them a little slap back. Or, or, <laughs> or the word that we all like to use. Hinky. Yeah. Hinky. There's yeah. just a tad some, bit hinky. Just hinky. some hinky Something responses. that may even frighten them <laughs> mm-hmm. and because they've not really approached the practice right. mm-hmm. with respect. Yeah. And, um, or preparation. I'm going to interject really here. I'd uh-huh. like to just say hello to ALK, Tally, and Willow Wisps who Ooh. are all listening right now. Hi, guys. On our, on our Discord server. Excellent. So Nice to see you guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> Feel free to throw some questions out there. Mm-hmm. Car's yep. watching. Car's keeping an eye yep. on the Discord, so... I am indeed. Mm-hmm. So any any responses got you a, all have? Got a high back from Willow. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Willow. <laughs> Waving furiously. 
Yeah, waving at the mic doesn't yeah, translate very well. Doesn't translate. <laughs> okay, so we've covered um, the ravioli situation. Yes. I think in as much detail as it yep, needs yep. to be covered. But I think it also answered a bunch of other questions about how do you approach divination? Mm-hmm. You know, and is it a, a serious practice? Is it a game? And I think a lot of people use it as a game. Mm-hmm. And and I don't mean that you know your divination has to be. You don't something have to be that crazy you serious, that you reserve only for like sabbats or something right. like you can we I do divinations pretty regularly and pretty casually in in right. some respects uh, but I I'm using a deck that I've been using for a mm-hmm. decade that I've built a relationship with mm-hmm. I know like how to prepare myself to receive messages the respect is inherent already right you've yeah. already you've already created that atmosphere mm-hmm. of respect and relationship and I have, with the tools that you're using yeah and i have these little rituals and things that i do to sort of establish the the ground rules mm-hmm. of my right. readings mm-hmm. and stuff right. like that i think that. we need to talk about that at some point too yeah. during this episode about how you do that but mm-hmm. One of the things we wanted to do today was, because Tally had asked, was to talk about the Lenormand. The Lenormand. Yeah, the Lenormand deck. (laughs) Which I had never heard of, but Ode had. I had heard of it. Yep, and Um, so we went out and purchased one. We did. Yes, we did. And Gwen and I have been using it for the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, not last week, but, you know. Well, (laughs) getting getting familiar with it. Getting familiar with it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. First, uh, I'm going to cover some some real quick history on yeah. the tarot because it led to the development of the Lenormand mm-hmm. deck. Okay. So the tarot uh, originated in the mid-15th century in Europe, mostly in Italy, as a set of playing cards with an associated game, the tarot. And it was, it was purely an entertainment device. It, there were little tarot tournaments and things. Interesting. Yeah. I can, like, I want to do a tarot tournament now. Yeah, you can't do <laughs> them, you can't do them with the, the modern divination decks, but there are still tarot playing decks okay. that you can get in some parts of Europe where it's still played. It's fallen out of fashion. It's not mm-hmm. popular anymore, but you can still get the tarot playing back. Which we consider a parlor game. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. So it was a parlor game. The rules for it weren't written down until the uh, late 15th century, so it was just like a little, like, folk game that people played with these decks, and they were, um, there were very few of them in existence because they were mostly, this was like pre the printing press card game situation. Sure. So they were mostly like hand painted, very elaborate and probably cards people for, for people in the upper classes. In the upper classes. Yep. Willow asked, is it something like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon? That kind of a thing? <laughs> kind of No, it wasn't a collecting it wasn't a collector's game. It was like um poker but it, it had very deck sequences like ours with the major and minor arcanas. Okay. But it was it was played more like poker than like a, like a collection game. Okay. So, and then in the mid-18th century is the first documentation of tarot decks being used in cartomancy, which had, is, is divination by playing cards and was originally done using just normal playing card mm-hmm. decks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, at some point in the 18th century, the cartomancers started using these tarot decks in Italy because that was where it was mostly played. Italy, France, that sure. area. Yep. Despite the insistence of some 18th century spiritualists... There is no connection between the tarot and ancient Egypt. In the 18th century, there were a lot of spiritualists who insist that the symbology of the tarot originated in ancient Egypt or with Hermes Trismegistus, the alchemist, or or with, like, Hermes the god. 
not unlike what you see today. You want your the things right. that you take very seriously, the tools that you use to have a deeper history than mm-hmm. they actually have. Right. It, it's not a bad thing that the tarot started out as a parlor game. No. It just, it, it evolved. Uh-huh. Right. And, and those, the symbols on these cards, you know, were attractive to people and had symbolic mm-hmm. meaning and resonance and to early cartomancers. To right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as they started being picked up by cartomancers, specific tarot divination decks were developed. And those are what we use now. They're based on the original tarot playing cards, but are not, like, exactly the same as the original tarot playing cards. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So one of the earliest and most influential tarot readers was Marie Anne Lenormand. She was a French woman. She she read for uh, highly influential people. And after she died, two years after her death, the Lenormand decks were developed and published using her name to sort of spread their influence, capitalizing on her mm-hmm. name. Right. They weren't, as far as I can tell, developed by anyone from her estate or with her her influence. She read tarot, yeah, but the gotcha. her name was attached to the Lenormand deck after her death, and there are actually two kinds of Lenormand decks. There's the Petit Jeu and the Grand Jeu. The Grand Jeu is almost never actually seen or sold. It has many, many more cards. The Petit Jeu, which is 36 cards, I think, mm-hmm. Is, uh, is what we have and is what most Lenormand decks are now. Mm-hmm. Okay. We also found that, at least as far as how Ode and I read the tarot, mm-hmm. we use the tarot for much more for personal spiritual readings mm-hmm. and things like that, with some uh, future casting involved right. in that. And I find my, my tarot readings can be much more, I can answer much more open-ended questions. Yes, much more open-ended questions can be used using the tarot. However, what we discovered mm-hmm. when we played with the Lenormand deck that we bought yep. was that it is very direct. Yeah. It is very good at answering very direct or specific questions. Mm-hmm. And we also, I believe, I think it was Pat, you can use the Lenormand deck a card from the Lenormand deck as a... As a clarifier. A clarifier for your tarot. For a tarot reading. So if you you do a tarot reading and it feels unclear to you or you want something more specific, you can draw a card from the Lenormand deck because a lot of the Lenormand cards are very specifically referred to specific events or specific Mm -hmm. people or specific objects. And we saw an example of that today uh, before we began Mm -hmm. our our podcast. We had had some technical difficulties. We had some tough, yeah, definitely technical difficulties. So I pulled out my tarot deck Mm -hmm. and Carr asked a few questions and I gave a, a reading and she felt it was unclear. Yeah. I felt it was unclear because I'm not used to using my deck for a such very a very question. specific mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Or for, or in the kind of conversational style right. that we were using. I t- tend to do tarot readings where, like, you ask a question, I draw one card, and right. that's the response. You ask a follow-up, I draw one card, that's the response. Right. But then we pulled out the Lenormand deck mm-hmm. and asked the same questions, and it confirmed, it confirmed what the tarot my reading. tarot reading right. was. Yep. So it was so. very interesting. Yeah, I find the Lenormand deck feels more practical to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. More very, like, immediately focused. Right. And I think it would be maybe harder to cast further out into the future. It feels very immediate to mm-hmm. me. Like, mm-hmm. very present-oriented. I okay. think if the questioner is asking something that is future-oriented... That is far that in the is future. far in the... Then I think the Lenormand Probably. deck would be, be able to, to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Guess what? What? It's time for reviews. <laughs> nice. That was a good one. That Thanks. was a good one. <laughs> reviews today. Yeah, we're doing something a little different. Are going to be different. way different than the norm. 
Uh, <laughs> I say a little different. Car says way different. It, because this really fit with the divination mm-hmm. episode, we, we wanted decided to, to do it we this way. We decided to do it this yeah. way. So we're doing, we're, we're definitely doing something a little weird today. Yeah. yeah. Honest reviews, so you can tell. Yeah, honest reviews <laughs> because we paid for them. <laughs> I think let's start on that side. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with so Gwen. with Gwen, and who first... is the most, this is actually really smart, I think, mm-hmm. is Gwen is by far the most... Skilled? Skilled. Practiced? Yes. Skilled yeah. and practiced at doing... Divination. Yeah, divinations in general. Ode, Ode is has quite a few years in it right. now. Yeah, and I basically started last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move through the well, and I think the difference between you know because Ode has been using her deck for ten years. Yeah, I've been I've been using various forms of divination for many like, forms, many forms of divination <laughs> for the last twenty. So that just means I have a little bit more experience with some with a few different types mm-hmm. of methods. Yeah. Right, but what I did want to stress that anytime you do any kind of working, whether it is spellcraft, ritual, or divination, mm-hmm. you always want to make sure that you are casting a protective circle before you begin your work. And depending on how you practice, if you want, you know, is how you do your, your ritual or your, your circle casting. This is going to be a very simple circle casting. So what I do whenever I do a divination is I do a simple grounding and cleansing of myself. Mm-hmm. And the and usually I focus on the tool. I put it in my left hand, which is my receiving hand, and cover it with my right hand, which is my projected hand, and charge that tool for that use for that time. Okay. And then what I will do, after I've prepared and raised energy, I will cast a circle using either my hand or I have a small wand that I will use, and I will push that energy out. It would be in diosil or Clockwise, sunwise, which I'm doing now, a circle surrounding us. And this time I'm going to say these words. I usually say this quietly to myself or just Mm -hmm. in my own mind. But for our listeners, I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And may the works this day be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Willow just asked, mm-hmm. and this isn't a reading necessarily. This okay. is a, a question. Just a question. Is a yeah, good, yeah. good mm-hmm. question. How practical possible can divinations be when performed over the web or just generally over long distances? Is it not best to have the person asking be with the reader in person? I think it can be effective for both. That's just my own personal opinion and experience that I've had. I've had some readings that have been done over the internet for me that have been very effective. I do want to stress that the future is always fluid. So even if you get a future casting type of divination answer, how you respond to that answer and what happens, the choices that you make can alter the outcome. Mm-hmm. Sure. It is really a possible future. That's how I've always looked at it. Right. It is a potential or a possible future based on the choices that you make from what you've learned by yeah. at the end of the day. Right. From what you've learned from your divination uh, session. Right. So that's, I wanted to stress that too. I think you will probably have an easier time getting signal clarity, which is something I'm going to talk about a little later when the person you're reading for is in the room with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because it's easier to get a feel on their energy and get a vibe from them. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to connect, maybe, and to say clearly to whoever you're talking with through your divination method, you know, this is the person I'm reading for. 
Right. Um, that mm-hmm. can be harder to pinpoint, especially if you're not a very practiced diviner, mm-hmm. if you don't have that person physically with you. I think I it's think... possible because the people you're communicating with through your divination, the, the spirits you're communicating mm-hmm. with, aren't like location bound no, unless right. you are specifically dealing with a this specific is... land land or local spirit. Right. Right. But if you're like if you're talking to to your ancestors or to their ancestors or to a god or to a more uh, mm-hmm. more fluid or transitional spirit, somebody who's able to like zip around place to place, that spirit can go to that person mm-hmm. and get the vibe off of them and bring it back. Well, as a, you know, and as a psychic medium, I also believe it depends on the the strength and the ability of the person, the reader. Right. I've been able to do readings for someone over text <laughs> or right. text message. Sure. So I, you know, it just, it really just does, it just depends mm-hmm. on the but reader that, and who you're connecting and with. To, yeah. To be fair, that person you were, you were connecting with was another text, medium and it was someone you already knew. Mm-hmm. So you knew her and it was, it was easier for you to, mm-hmm. to, to connect with to her, to connect to that vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's, so, I think it it's, it's very much going to depend. It's a case by case basis. Yeah, I think it's a case by case basis. Is it possible? Yes. Mm-hmm. I do agree with Ode though, that I think you get a clearer connection when mm-hmm. you are with the reader. Yeah. Right. And if but you're possible, and if you're yes. not a very practiced diviner, definitely mm. do it in person, in person yeah. mm-hmm. until you get a feel for until you know what signal clarity feels like. Mm-hmm. Because like there's a and like I said, I'm going to get into this later when we talk about signal clarity and mm-hmm. how to improve it later on in the podcast. But mm-hmm. you will you will learn what it feels like when you're connected mm-hmm. and when you're doing it right, as opposed to when you're just pulling cards and right. they're just cards. Right. Um, and that it's easier to get that state, especially before you have a lot of practice when someone mm-hmm. is in the room with you physically. All right. So we're going to we're now going to do some divinations and review the products we use while we do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK. And I'm going to start. The I use several forms of divination. I use the tarot, mm-hmm. but scrying. Well, scrying, yep, that's right. I do use black. I do use black mirror scrying, but my favorite form has been the one that I've been using the most over the last twenty years is pendulum, which is a form of dowsing. Mm-hmm. I was taught to douse by my grandfather when I was ten years old. With you know, he he was showing me how to find water and find you know treasure coins. <laughs> you know, uh, using a stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as I got older and I got into the craft, pendulum really appealed to me. And I have learned, I learned very quickly that I can pretty much make any pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. She's, um, she's got a very natural affinity for very this natural tool. affinity right. for this particular tool, which is why it's my favorite and is the one that I use the most. The pendulum that I'm using today is one that I purchased from Arts and Craft mm-hmm. here in, in uh, Michigan. Michigan, yep. Lapis Lazuli. Lapis, yeah, craft. Lapis yeah. Lazuli point on the end, and then it has various stones and chips. Uh, chi- it has stone uh, chips. chips in the chakra colors. I'll, put a, I'll put a picture of my of mm-hmm. my pendulum yep. on the... Uh, on the review. On the re- yeah, on the review, on yep. the blog. Yep. I prefer working with pendulums that have a little personality to them. Mm-hmm. You can find, you can make a pendulum out of a necklace. You can make a pendulum as long as there's something heavy enough to swing. Yeah. Any um, kind of weight on a string. Any kind of weight on a string can be used. Uh, traditionally, you can use a wedding ring or an engagement ring mm-hmm. on a string over a, a pregnant lady's belly mm-hmm. to determine the sex of the child. That's that's a traditional... Just a little bit of folk magic. Folk magic mm-hmm. uh, divination that has right. been done for years. Yeah. So you can use anything. You can use anything. But I prefer to use, you know, purpose either, made pendulums. Yeah, purpose-made pendulums. Yeah. I also have necklaces 
that are pendulums that I will wear and use mm-hmm. for various practical purposes. But, and for the first time. Yeah, very, last night was last the first night time. was the first time I ever used a pendulum board. What Gwen usually does is she holds it over her hand and she designates yes, no, and maybe, I don't know, mm-hmm. On swinging direction. Swinging yeah. direction on my hand. And so it, you know. That's, it which will, is called calibrating. Right. Mm-hmm. And it'll respond to my either vocal or just my mental mm-hmm. questions. Usually if I'm working a pendulum with a pe- with people, I will do everything out loud so people can see what the they're doing. And at this moment, the pendulum is just swinging in a circle mm-hmm. over my hand. Yeah, it's waiting. idling. Yeah. <laughs> when we used the pendulum board last night, uh-huh. it got a little pissed off. It got irritated with me. <laughs> got a little irritated. Because I was testing it. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to see if we could get it, you know, to show numbers. Right. Um, so I was, you know, saying, okay, what's my birthday? Okay, what's the number of this blah, blah, blah? What's the number I'm thinking of? What's the number of declaration whatever? Right. You know, and so I was, I was testing it. And it got irritated. <laughs> In fact, I think Carr specifically asked, do, do you like using yeah. the pendulum? Does the pendulum like using the, the pendulum, pendulum board? board? And it yeah. went a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> Swung a very hard no. It's traditionally used in Reiki to determine where illnesses might be in the body. Mm-hmm. A pendulum can be used to find lost objects, mm-hmm. especially if you have a map of some kind yep. where it can pinpoint a location. And, and it basically, though, the, the difficulty with pendulum is that you really do have to, unless you're you using a pendulum board. You have to frame your board, questions very carefully. Yeah, you have to frame your questions carefully. Generally, you have it has to be yes, no answers. Mm-hmm. Unless you use a board where it can spell out. And we have used it, and it does spell out uh-huh. words. Yep. So Willow just asked, so you can do this Okay. Right Excellent. Now. The question is, what I would like to know is, if it's the right time to move out, or should I just wait? Okay. The pendulum is swinging. I have it over the board and it is indicating no. No, mm-hmm. it is not the right time to move out. It is not the right time to move out. I can also do it over my hand mm-hmm. and it is still yeah, indicating yeah, no. That's still yeah. a no. So there's your answer. According to the pendulum, it is not uh, yet the right time yet to the move. Right time to yeah. move. Yep. So that's how a pendulum works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very straightforward. It's very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you need like a quick answer. And not everybody can use it. <laughs> no, God. I have tried for years. Since I was a teenager, the first time I ever saw Gwen use a pendulum, I have tried to use pendulums. I've tried using dozens of different pendulums. I've tried using Gwen's pendulums. I've tried using pendulums I've found in stores. And it just hangs there. It doesn't, it doesn't do squat. It doesn't It'll quiver. Just barely. It just hangs there, like, completely still. It doesn't circle. It doesn't sway. I'll ask, I'll, I'll, I'll try to calibrate, you know, show me yes, show me no. And it just hangs there like nothing doing, like right. it's dead. Yeah, yeah. we proved that to, to uh, Carr last night. Yeah, because last night Carr see. was like, oh, so does the does the uh, the air conditioning affect the, the movement of the pendulum? And I was like, well, let's see. I'll hold it. I'm closer to the to the air conditioning. So I held the pendulum and nothing. <laughs> Not a twitch. <laughs> so no, the air conditioning doesn't affect the pendulum and neither do I. <laughs> Willa just said funny that when the divination was made, they had their deck next to them and then knocked the fool out of it. So <laughs> Answers come in multiple. Yeah, that's, that's right. And it's amazing. So my first ever time doing divination was last, was night. last night. Yep. Because I, I always think, oh, I want to study it. I want to know it exactly mm-hmm. before I ever attempt anything. He wants to do it right the first time. Right, yep. Which is a thing I acquired from you in infancy. Yes. That's Sorry true. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, um, that is so true. But last night I was like, all right, you know, just 
whatever, I'm going to do this. We're mm-hmm. doing this thing on divination. I need to at least have tried, tried it. it. Right. You yeah. know, yeah. Even yeah. if it fails, at least I've tried. Mm-hmm. Question, real quick question. What was holding you back? Was it concern? Was it fear? Was it just the unknown? Or you just wanted to be able to do it no, right? No, I just wanted to be able to do it yeah. right. Okay. Like, I wanted to have all of the stuff memorized. Okay. Yeah. It was you know, that spiritual pride we talked about. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. yeah. But last night, the readings, all three of us did different readings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For, with different, with different for, methods. With different methods for basically the same questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they all lined they up so completely. Yeah, they were very um, coherent readings. Yeah, it was uh, really interesting to see, you know, like tarot, oom, pendulum, mm-hmm. all together oh, going. Oh, and uh, witches runes. Yeah, yep. and witches runes all together going, yep. This is right. An, well, oracle, an, an deck. oracle deck. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty amazing. So what else? So you do scrying, you do tarot, you do pendulum. pendulum. Are those the three that you Those are the three that with? I use the most. Right. I just bought the witch's runes. Mm-hmm. I have found, I discovered this last night. They don't work terribly well for myself, mm-hmm. but they are a very good tool for using with someone else. So gotcha. she can't divine questions to her own answers, but she can divine questions to mm-hmm. other people's answers using the witch's runes. Right. Mm-hmm. Generally, the best answers I get for myself, the the thing, the the form of, of divination I go to for questions for myself is always the pendulum. Gotcha. Because that is what I am the most connected to. All right, Ode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I set out um, a shot glass, a Starfleet branded shot glass uh, with some vodka in it. Put the Dragon spirit and divination fish. salt in there that we've talked about before. From Magnolia Rains. From Magnolia Rains. Yep. If you haven't gone to her shop, go you to should. her shop. It's yep. on Etsy. We yep. love Magnolia and her products are awesome. You can yep. hear us gush about <laughs> yeah. them in which episode? Whichever episode that was. One of those episodes. Was it Stara? <laughs> Maybe. It Stara? I don't know. Yeah. But but we talked about we talked about Magnolia Rains and her products in, in another episode and they're very good. Yeah, Box of Rain on yeah. Etsy. Box of Rain yeah. on Etsy. And, and so last, we used them last night when yep. we were doing yes, our divinations. We did. We, did the, we put down uh, the divination rice and the spirit salt and the vodka uh, to activate it. And we did that again today, so we've got that sitting out. And yep. I've just set out my... I keep my tarot deck wrapped in a scarf that I got from my grandmother, who doesn't know I use it for this. <laughs> <laughs> she probably... Which wouldn't. grandmother? Which one? Yours. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, no. She wouldn't approve. Um, <laughs> but I, I've, I've kept it wrapped in this scarf for almost 10 years because I lost the box and the book that came with this deck when I was a teenager. So when I am preparing to read, I unwrap the deck and I lay the scarf out. I keep it folded in half. It's a very large square scarf. Um, So I keep it folded in half unless I'm doing a very large tarot reading with a lot of cards. And I orient the scarf in specific ways, depending on who I'm reading for. The open ends of the folded scarf face away from me if I'm reading for other people and they face towards me if I'm reading for myself. And that's just part of tuning, you know, my brain and my deck to to the specific circumstances of the reading. It's just a it's just one of the mm-hmm. the little rituals I have to sort of establish what the rules are right. for a particular reading. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So okay. if nobody has any questions, I guess I can just do a general. Yeah, just draw. do a general. There's not been another question asked. So. Okay. So should I just do a one card? Do we think? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll just pull one card and. Interpret. Yep. Tell them which deck you're using. Uh, I'm using the Intuitive Tarot by Scylla Conway. It was created in 2004, or at least printed in 2004. So I've had it for like 12 years. Time. Right, yep. And it's the first deck I ever got. It's the only deck I've ever really used. I'm like, I've, I've casually used a few other decks 
perused them in stores and things, mm-hmm. looked at other people's it decks. It took me but... forever. I've, I have noticed, at least for me, when it comes to tarot, it is a very personal mm-hmm. object. And Well, actually, it's the same thing with Pendulum. It can take a long time to find the right tool for you to use. Yeah. Right. It took me a lot. It took me a couple of, almost a year and a half to find my uh, my tarot deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got I got this deck when I was a teenager. It's the only one I've ever used, and it's it's developed. I feel like this deck has a kind of personality. I don't know if it did when I first bought it. I got it at some store, and it was you know I mean it's a mass produced object, but I've used it for so long and I've asked it so many questions that I feel like it's developed a personality over time. And I feel weird when other people play with my deck. You know, I've occasionally offered it to someone to look at, and I always feel like I need to, like, cleanse it and cap the energy off of it. Well, you know, they do say you really shouldn't share your tools Mm -hmm. with other people. Right. So they say, you know, I very rarely, I'll let someone who is close to me, like Ode, Mm -hmm. touch my pendulum. But um, generally speaking, nobody touches the pendulums but me. Right. You know. I just shuffle my deck very casually, and I usually keep shuffling, because I do uh, the, the what I've called the, the conversations with Tarot, right. where I'll pull one card, respond to that, pull another card. And I usually just keep shuffling through that whole process. I don't know if you can hear that on the mic or not. Probably. Okay. So, Nine of Rods, which was, I think, Friday's, Friday's one card pull, so things haven't changed. Right. The Nine of Rods is a caution sign. It's an indication that... You're working very hard. You're very close to completing a project. But if you don't slow down and look both ways before you cross the street and make sure you are starting from a good foundation, you will do damage to yourself and also to your project. Mm -hmm. So Nine of Rods is... It's not a negative card, but it's a sign that it's time to slow down and reassess. And I pulled it actually reversed. Uh, which means maybe we haven't been taking the advice of the nine of card of the nine of rods pull from Friday, and have been overworking ourselves and pushing a little too hard, and maybe you know that there are starting to to be consequences. There's starting to be wear and tear from that, so it's time to slow down a little bit. You're gonna get this work done. It'll be completed. It's within your power, but you need to stand back for a second. And reassess and make sure you're not rushing because that's not going to be good for you and it's not going to be good for the project. Interesting. Very much, I think, a clarifier for mm-hmm. uh, even Willow's first you know, question. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it kind of you yep. know, went right on with that. Mm-hmm. Is that maybe you need to take a step back and mm-hmm. reassess, and, and reassess it's everything not, before the, you... The Nine of Rods isn't saying don't do the thing. Right. right. The Nine of Rods is saying... Do the thing carefully. Right. And then what other divination techniques? At, at this point, you pretty much just use tarot. Pretty much. But uh, you're also learning something else, right? Right. I'm learning the runes. Right. Which, as I've mentioned before, my belief with the runes is that each rune has a specific spirit attached to it that is the spirit of the rune. And that when you use the runes, you are communicating with those spirits. And they are giving you whatever information they deem useful or mm-hmm. worth, or that you are worthy of receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not using the runes until, or I'm not comfortable right now using the runes um, because I haven't established relationships with those spirits yet. Right. But I do have a set of runes that I'm going to be designating. You know, I'm going to be introducing myself to the spirits of those runes and blooding these runes 
these specific objects and offering them to the spirits as a point of communication between us. Right. And then as far as what I do <laughs> since yesterday. Right. Brands new. <laughs> brands cars new. Brands new divination techniques. I'm using the Oum, mm -hmm. which is the Celtic tree alphabet inscribed on birch. And I bought them at Convocation. The same place I got my runes. Right. And mine. And yeah, my witches' runes, runes. witches' runes. We bought all three of those from the Magical Druid, mm -hmm. who is actually based in Columbus, Ohio. So Michael Dangler. And they're very... I was familiar with yeah. the, from the ADF, but wanted to... I've always wanted a set of ohms, so I got those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they're very, very everybody nice. Everybody else got everything else, too. High quality... They are Rings. very high quality. Yep. They come with little explanation cards. Mm -hmm. At least ours did. Yep. Yeah, mine did not. But <laughs> but you have a whole book. But so. yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, because I'm new to it, I did buy, and this is actually where that huge list mm -hmm. of uh, different of kinds of divinations that Ode read earlier came yep. from. It's from Oum, The Secret Language of the Druids, Druids by uh, Robert Skip Ellison, mm -hmm. who is a former arch druid of the ADF. Yeah. So I do this probably way differently than anybody else. Yeah, Car Car's uh, divining with the Om. He developed intuitively last night as he was thinking about right. how he would do it. Yep. And so I've actually taken all the Om and they're in a bowl. I have a person ask me a very specific question. So mm -hmm. one of the two of you all need to come up with a question. Yep. I pay attention to who that is very intently. Mm-hmm. Um, then I reach into the bowl without looking at the bowl and pull out whatever number of OM want to come out. Right. So um, back to the question that was asked, your type of divination, the way you do it, especially as you're beginning, mm -hmm. you would definitely have to have the sitter right yes. there. Right next yes. to the yes. questioner, yes. right there yeah. next because to you. Because he makes like, it's it's very intense, like yeah. no blinking eye contact right. during the question. Yeah. Really studying and, and focusing. Mm -hmm. Right, and focusing in because uh, otherwise I don't know that I would have any. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that you would be focused right. enough. As a matter of fact, we did um, one uh, later last night mm -hmm. and I don't feel like it was as complete as com because yeah. the asker... Of the question was, My a, little, yeah, yeah. was yeah. a little disconnected from it. He yeah. just got home from work, work and was yeah. exhausted. He was tired. Yeah. 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 So. so I think that has a lot to do with it, too. Your mm -hmm. your own personal energy level, as well as the energy level of the of, of the, the questioner, yeah. of the sitter, right. it, it, it can affect the reading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I also felt like it was interesting because that was by far the most OM that had come out of right. the bowl. Right, yeah. Was and it was a one. good reading. And I and I felt like maybe, maybe because it was, it, it was a little undirected. A, right, because I didn't have as much direction. Mm -hmm. It tried to give me more answers. Right, uh -huh. it was like, okay, well, it could be all of these things. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so do one of you all have a question? I've got one. Okay. Okay. Given all the other things that I am supposed to be focusing on right now, should I be backburnering my other creative projects? Okay. So you get to hear them. Because you can hear them being chosen. And it's a big pull. Yeah, last night he pulled uh, five ohm for me and then two ohm for Gwyn. And we were like, well, okay. <laughs> Interesting. But, but a lot answers, of variation. But the answer yeah, the answers was, were very, yeah. were still yeah. very, very good. Yeah. And this one's a five and it's actually several ohm I've never pulled before. So this will be fun for me yeah. as well for you, hopefully. 
And he does have to look this yeah, way. And the thing is, if you have to do that well, while you're learning, that, yeah, there's nothing wrong absolutely with Absolutely okay. I no. still sometimes, I still sometimes like Google cards because mm-hmm. even though I've been reading for a decade, I haven't had the book for a long time. So I'm, I do most of my reading very intuitively. And if I ever get a card that I'm like not sure on, I double check it on yep. the internet. Mm-hmm. So here's what we've got. We've mm-hmm. got Otherworld. Okay. Counseling. Mm-hmm. The next one is Magic. Okay. And then strength. And the last one is buoyancy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how would you d- interpret that, those symbols Yep. to answer the question? So. And that is really what it comes down mm-hmm. to is right. what the reader is. All divination methods yeah, are interpretive. Is interpretive yeah. of what the reader sees or feels about the situation or the question. Right. Yep. So otherworldly really fits with what what you're going my, into. My previous instructions. Right. Yeah. Your previous instructions are focus fo- on foremost. Yeah. Certainly. Yep. In that. And then um, counseling. Counseling. Yeah. So, and and we got this in your poll last night as well. I'm pretty sure we didn't counseling. get counseling. Okay. Um, but. One of the things we got was that you and I should be working together on things. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's still... Yeah, we got guidance. Guidance, Guidance right. And uh, community. So I I think that's still there. Magic Mm -hmm. makes total sense. And maybe that is that you need to, as you start working towards this new Mm -hmm. emphasis. Yep, this new integration. This new integration that that you need to focus on the magic portions of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Rather so less on the scholarly stuff, more on the craft yep. of it, yep. right? Because I do, I have a tendency to focus on the scholarly yes, stuff. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Very, very but, cerebral. But we know you well. The next one is strength, and I think that's just saying yes, you've got enough strength to do mm-hmm. this and your okay. other creative endeavors. And then buoyancy, I think, is is like a follow up to the strength. It's like you're yeah. not going to drown, you, right? You, you, well, and I also <laughs> think that. The earlier stuff is going to energize energize you enough, you know that to, to, to have keep the pursuing my other creative that, projects. Right, yep, to have those other creative projects going. Mm-hmm. Excellent, mm-hmm. that's good news. Go. <laughs> so there you go, reading from the OM. Yep. Yay! Yay! And then the other thing I'm learning very slowly, uh-huh. but had very good reading, good, good, yep. readings. good readings with it, which he didn't expect. He went into this particular divination method having just done the OM, and he was like, I found what I want to do. I don't even want to do this other one. But we, we were like, said, well, just try it. Just yeah, give it yeah. a try. And he did, and then the, he was surprised by the yeah. results. And so this one is the Druid Animal Oracle, mm-hmm. um, which, oddly enough, Ode originally yeah. got, I don't know how long ago. At, around the same time I got my mm-hmm. tarot deck, I just never used it. Right, and so it's literally been, it was sitting in a box. Yeah, I, I never took it out of the, I mean, I took it out of the box and looked at it. Right. And I read the book a little bit, but I never used them. I just put them back in the box with the book. Unlike my deck, I didn't lose the box in the book for the Animal Oracle. So, and I just, I just had never used it. So when Carr started doing Druid things, I was like, hey, do you want these? Because I've they, never used them. It made sense for him to have them. Yep. Right. And then he just didn't really feel 
drawn to them mm-hmm. or interested in them. It's not that. It's that there's so much information. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. That it's uh, it's a like, little overwhelming. Like with learning tarot cards, you there's have just right. a lot yeah. to and it just And whether it's tarot, Lenormand, or oracles... You know, it does take time to yeah, learn these. To, it's to okay memorize. to use the book. <laughs> right. Yep. You yep. know, because, even in the middle of a reading, it's okay to Yeah, absolutely. Up. Because what it does is you, you get the, you're learning what that image means, but then you can expand on it based mm-hmm. on what your intuition is telling you from the information you gleaned from, from the book. From other right. cards. So and, it, yep. it's, it's a, it's a process. And so I just pulled together. a single animal oracle card as kind of a clarifier to okay. what we just went yeah, through to with my, the own. To my question. So, yep. And so I got the bull inverted. Okay. Which uh, indicates that you're going to have difficulty in feeling motivated. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, there's no animal <laughs> more stubborn than a bull who refuses to move. And it may be important for you to look at the roots of your lack of motivation. Okay. Uh, you may be making more of a choice about life than you believe. You may also need to ask yourself whether you are sufficiently sensitive to others' needs. Do you perhaps act like a bull in a china shop when confronted <laughs> with certain situations? A bull's power when harnessed or channeled can be awesome, but when a bull is maddened, he can become dangerous. It's all very fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think it also shows how, you know, our, our readings that we've done today and the discussion we've been having about them, it shows how complementary mm-hmm. various forms of divination are, right. but it also shows you don't have to have just one form. No. Yeah. You know, as like, I have a scrying mirror. I, I use the yep. scrying mirror really not for any specific questions at this point, but it can be used to, um, not only to divine possible future events, but it also can be used to connect with spirits, Mm -hmm. with ancestors, with loved ones. A lot of people use black mirror scrying to connect with their loved ones who've passed or crossed over. Mm -hmm. Some people are a little scared of black mirror scrying because it it can look a little eerie. It looks spooky. You know, it looks spooky, but it's, it's actually, it's interesting because it's, it's something that's been done for, you know, a long time, a long time. It had fallen out of favor and was actually brought back into favor by Dr. Raymond Moody of the Life After Death books. And he create he used a black mirror scrying type of device mm-hmm. to help people communicate with their with their loved ones. Right. Gotcha. So it, it just goes to show you can you can use you can start whatever, with one technique and right. then build on that and, and clarify with further mm-hmm. readings and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it for the reviews. <laughs> He's getting more and more musical every time. That's right. It's getting a little fancy. Uh-huh. He's adding in some vibrato. It's getting more elaborate. Picking a key. I, I did. <laughs> I did, you know, I did have voice lessons uh-huh. in college. Yeah. Yep. So. Yes, you did. So uh, the other thing I wanted to cover in this episode, which we're probably going to wrap up here pretty soon. We are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to cover in this episode is someone else asked in the group last week uh, how to like prepare yourself for doing tarot, how to, how to mm-hmm. get um, higher signal clarity, reach the right state for, for divining. Mm-hmm. So first, I think you need to decide what you're doing. You need to decide if you're talking just to yourself and your deck, or if you want to talk to a spirit or ancestor or God or some other being. Mm-hmm. If if all you want to do is talk to yourself and your deck, then all you need is to be calm, focused, and ready to interpret. If 
what you want is to connect with another spirit, then what you need is to be calm, focused, and ready to interpret, and you need signal clarity, and you need to be prepared to recognize sock puppets. Recognizing sock puppets is knowing when your brain is adding information that you want to believe, whether it's true or not. Mm -hmm. So learning to recognize the difference between genuine interaction with spirit and just interaction with your own brain masquerading as spirit. Mm -hmm. You also need to use, especially if you're going to be uh, contacting spirit, what, regardless of what spirit might be, you definitely need to make sure you have protection. So to, to get calm, focused, and ready to interpret, what I do is I set up my working space. I lay out my cloth in the appropriate orientation. I do what I call branching and rooting, which is my centering and grounding and shielding process. And then I shuffle and play with my deck. Uh, and I just, I shuffle extensively for a long time before I start pulling cards. And for me, this serves as a kind of mini ritual or like a deliberately constructed reflex that primes my brain for, hey, it's time to do some divinations, tune in and pay attention. For improving signal clarity, there are a couple of things you can do. Uh, meditation and breathing, uh, like like rhythmical breathing, mm -hmm. can induce a light trance, which is a good state to be in for communicating with, with a spirit. If you have spirit guides. Mm -hmm. right. Drumming is good for inducing that kind of light trance, rocking, any kind of those of those kind of induction techniques that you can use to enter a light Dance. trance. Dance. Yeah, so there are a lot of induction techniques you can use to enter a mild trance mm -hmm. where you stay aware and focused, but you're just a little bit connected. You can also to do just the, a little bit more connected to other things. You can also do that humming of the ohm sound. Mm -hmm. um, or, or or another sound. Some that kind works of sound that is yeah. rhythmic that mm -hmm. that just that you just sustain. Mm -hmm. yeah. There are some things, some smokes mm -hmm. that are good for inducing higher signal clarity. Mugwort and wormwood are traditional for this purpose. You can drink it as a tea as well. Yep. Dandelion, Mugwort. juniper, bistort with frankincense, and dittany of Crete, if you can get it, which is very unlikely, um, would all be good. Bay leaves, especially if you are working with the Hellenic gods, because bay leaves are associated with Apollo, who's mm -hmm. a god of divination. Mm -hmm. Camphor is good for boosting any of these. Camphor is just a general all-purpose boosting element in incenses. Mm -hmm. And then if you feel blocked or messy or like there's a, a problem in your connection, mm -hmm. like not just that you're unpracticed with your connection, but like if it feels you know, bogged down, mm -hmm. um, I would recommend some kind of lemongrass, something purifying. Um, and then there are some stones you can use that are good for, for divination. If you get energy off of stones, you can use amethyst, um, moonstone, which is kind of a gentle connection, labradorite, which is a more intense one, and any kind of clear or smoky quartz can be tuned for this purpose because clear and smoky quartz are both very all-purpose and can be tuned for most things. Mm -hmm. Would you think obsidian would also be good to take away some of the stuff that kind of as a precursor? I would say, yeah, I would say you could do some prep with obsidian to, to sort of clear your space mm -hmm. and to set up protections. Right. 
Okay. Uh, especially if you're not very good with shielding. And right. also you have to remember, they also used to use uh, polished obsidian as a scrying sure. tool. Yep. Gotcha. You Back, could, you you could, could scry you, you in could a piece use, of obsidian. Uh, yes. Obsidian but, for but that divination isn't, But that is not specifically one of its... Um, Properties. Yeah, yeah, one of its correspondences. Right. But if uh, you have a specific spirit you're intending to connect with, any any incenses or stones that are associated with that spirit would also be good to use. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You can also create use you know using mugwort or any of mm-hmm. the essential oils or herbs that are good for divination. Mm-hmm. You can create a balm and anoint yourself mm-hmm. or your and or your tools. Gwen does okay. that with that. I do that myself. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are some gods um, that you could petition if you like feel like you're having trouble getting connected. Mm-hmm. Um, in my tradition, those would be. Uh, probably Odin, Frigga, the Norns, uh, and maybe Mimir. In the Hellenic traditions, Apollo would be a good one. Hermes, Mercury would be a good one. In the Celtic traditions, Brigid and Caridwen would be good ones. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna just put a little caution on that, that at least in my tradition, there's a thing called Gebo, which is a gift price, where if you ask for something, you gotta pay something. So be prepared for that, and recognize that sometimes your gods are grumpy, like Mimir, or too busy to talk to you right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Or just you don't have good signal clarity so they can't get in contact. Mm-hmm. So just bear that stuff in mind. Yep. So, but those are things you can do either mm-hmm. practically or um, to set your space and sort of mm-hmm. tune your brain like, okay, let's get going. Sometimes okay. also setting a particular time mm-hmm. and day when you are going to work divination. Sure. Just to just creating a habit, just creating a habit, and practice and mm-hmm. attuning yourself and your instruments to your you know to focus on divining. Right, uh, which we've decided to do. Yeah, uh, as a group, is that we're going to start doing that on mm-hmm. Saturday nights. Yep, mm-hmm. and I do think it's also um, we had a discussion. I don't know if you wanted to bring this into. You guys asked me, you know, when I'm doing divination, who am I connecting to? Yeah. Did, I think that was a yeah. A discussion we've mm-hmm. talked yep. about yeah. having um, for myself because of the fact that I've been really attuned to spirit since I was a child. And it, your spirit guides are and, around all and the time. And my spirit guides are all around all the time. I don't specifically attune to a particular god or goddess mm-hmm. or, or spirit. spirit or mm-hmm. spirit guides. They just are, are always present. I will... My, I will ask my spirit guides sometimes to come forward and let me know they're present, mm-hmm. and then they'll fade back. The assessment we came to the other night was that Gwyn has kind of a constantly open connection, mm-hmm. and I have one that's very, like, closed most of the time, and I have to deliberately mm-hmm. connect myself. And I think that's a situation many people will find themselves in. They, you know, if mm-hmm. some people will find themselves intuitively connected at all times so that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you would be able to um, achieve a response right. through divination. Right. Sometimes people have, it has to be a more uh, focused, focused ritual, ritual kind of type practice. Yeah. Yep. It really depends on the person and and I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. Right now at. I'm connecting with my grandfather and the Dagda. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And quite often I do, we'll I do often, I'm, draw, I'm drawn to Brigid because right. she is my patron and she is a seer. Right. Right. So quite often she, she has, she associations, has associations 
with my, especially with um, when I'm beginning scrying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that's everything we were planning to cover I today. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Are there still people in the Discord? Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> Any last minute questions? And Willow Wisps are still there. Okay. Willow Wisps is typing right now. Uh-huh. Okay. So I, should I c- cover all the stuff I normally cover yeah. at the end of episode? Yeah, yeah. Just you go should. ahead and cover that. Just go all ahead right. and then if. And then if, 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 if she has a last minute question, yep. we'll, we'll cover that. So. so the stuff we I normally cover are, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash three P-A-A-C, three pack. So you can get to us there. You can get to us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. There we are three underscore pagans. You can get to us on Discord. If you want to find that, you're going to have to go to our website, uh-huh. which oddly enough is threepagansandacat.com. If you want to find us on Patreon, again, go to go our, our website, website threepagansandacat.com, and click on the Patreon link, and that will take you to everywhere you need to know. So we had the Discord open this week. Mm-hmm. That is not normal. Yeah. Normally, you have to be a hunter or above in the Patreon in order for us to, for you to be able to come in and listen live and, and ask questions. Ask questions. Right. Yep. Yeah, yep. the Discord is always open in other but sections. But there are just two the... locked channels yep. the recording channel, where you get to listen live, and the patron questions channel, where you get to talk to us during recording. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those are usually locked to Hunter and Above patrons. Yes. So yeah. if you want to be able to, right, you know, to do this again do next this week. Again, yep. Or you weren't here and you're like, hey, what is this all about? Uh-huh. We mm-hmm. missed it. Um, it's $10 a month to do that at the Hunter level. Mm-hmm. So feel yep. free to if you would like to. If not, that's okay too. We do super appreciate our yeah, patrons. Yeah, all so. of our patrons because you're helping us to be able to to uh, do more things. To afford by, the website. To afford <laughs> the website and hopefully to get more equipment mm-hmm. in the future and right. things like that. So we have like fewer that. technical difficulties. Yes. Right. And, and so we just really appreciate our patrons because you allow us to do more and mm-hmm. to do it better. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're working on getting more than one mic so mm-hmm. that you won't mm-hmm. hear us awkwardly. Like right now, I noticed when you listen, like I'm in the right ear and uh-huh. Gwen is in the left ear and Ode's in both. Yep. Uh, because that's, that's the single mic that we use. Yeah. That's because we're all just um, sitting around one mic. Uh, Will-O-Wisp says, uh, let's see, as a final question, do you recommend daily, weekly tarot or general divination readings for those seeking some sort of help through life and whatnot, or just learning divination? Which forms of divination would you say is best for beginners? Okay, I recommend when you're learning the tarot, do daily divinations. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. just pull one card a day and just see what it is. Yeah. And... It does not have to be elaborate. No, you can just pull one card and read the the analysis and get to know, get familiar with that card and with your deck. And you don't even have to have a specific question. It no. can just be a general what should I be What's focusing on? What's the vibe on? for the What's day? What's the vibe right. yeah. for the day? Yep. Yep. And, and we, I, f- I find that we that's... do that with our with the Friday mm-hmm. uh, one card draw. And if you're if you're a, a patron at a certain level, right at a certain level, I don't remember where you that get. Is. I think it's cats. I you get access. Cats. Yeah, to you the, get access to a three, to the three card, card monthly. Draw. Yeah, monthly draw uh, so. on the Patreon. So so, but I think you you um I think you'll you'll get familiar with the deck more quickly mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. do those daily drawings. And I also think um, for especially for beginners, you can. Go to whatever local pagan store you can find if you have one in your area. And just play with them. Just play with things and see what draws you. Yep. Just as with any tool in, of the craft, mm-hmm. the, the right tool for divination... You'll recognize it when you it get it. It will come to you. Right. 
And so just just play with stuff, you know, touch it and see Mm -hmm. if this is what is drawing to you. You may not be drawn to the tarot. You may be drawn to the pendulum or you may be drawn to the Lenormand or you may be drawn to the runes. And this here's the thing, though. You're not limited to one. No, we mentioned this before. You're not limited to one. And even if you don't have, like, a natural affinity for the thing, you can still you can mostly still learn. learn to use the right. thing. Yeah. You can. There may be some hard limits, like, I can't learn the pendulum for, you know, hell or high Love water. your money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but that doesn't mean you don't try something. Exactly. If right. it's interesting to you, yep. give it a try. You never know. Yep. Yep. And Willow's found uh, their deck. That's excellent. Awesome. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it was screaming. Okay. There you go. That's up, how so. you do it. Yep. Then yeah, I would definitely recommend daily, do daily readings. Yep. And just just sometimes don't even just do readings. Just play with your deck. Mm-hmm. Just shuffle it and spread out the cards yep. and, and then, get familiar with them. And eventually once you've gotten familiar to your with your deck, try a slightly larger spread. It can mm-hmm. be a three card draw. Or it can be a five card. And I just know I know some experiment tarot. with what feels comfortable to you. And I know some tarot readers who recommend large spreads. Yes. for Even for beginners. Because even though it, it looks scary um, and intimidating, you get a lot of information that way. Mm-hmm. And it, it's... it's So maybe I would recommend doing just a one-card draw every day, and then once a week, just do one of those big, like, seven-card spreads mm-hmm. and just see how it feels. And right. take your time. Just don't feel like you have to rush yeah. into it and all of a sudden become a master of right. the tarot. Yeah. Take your time. It does take time to learn your tarot and your craft. Yep. And I feel really connected with a seven-card pull from mm-hmm. the animal. For the oracle. oracle. So, yep. you know, that's kind of where I feel I'm at. I don't mind pulling a single card for, like, a right. clarifier. Sure. But, but when you're doing that, a general you know, reading, reading, you know, bigger seven reading. card yeah. mm-hmm. feels really good. So, all right, that's it. That's really all the time we have. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got, got it. We got a megabyte upload limit. Yeah, all right. And I've got editing out the wazoo to do. Yep. So, thank you um, so much for yes, everything. Thank, uh, Willow, ALK, and Tally, who were all in the Discord listening mm-hmm. and, and interacting. Uh, and yeah. Interacting. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, was it was great to have yep. you guys here. Yep. We loved, we loved it. it. All right, that's it from us today. So we will actually, we're recording next week. Oh, that's oh yeah, right. yep. we're that's recording right. next week so that we can get back on schedule. So, so it'll be a building your book. Yep. yep. So yep. you'll have another episode coming up pretty shortly. Yeah, pretty quickly. So thank you guys very much. Even if you listened on the Discord, download this puppy because it helps us. <laughs> All right, thanks. We're out. Peace. Peace out, yo. <laughs> You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.